So the word will, can anybody give me some type of definition what you think will actually means? What does that mean? It's hard because it's really clear. He will, right? Right? He will. So in my God, whose God is that? Huh? Our God, right? I love it. I don't know wrong answer. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> and my God will supply some, most, many. Okay. Can I tell you right now, we could stop the service right now and we can spend all the rest of our time just meditating on the first part of that line. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't get rocked by it, then you're not here. Okay, I almost feel like we need to stop and get rocked by it. Okay, hold on. My God, your God, my God, will all. Oh, that's got to preach, I'm telling you. Will all. See, I told you I didn't want to preach this. Here we go. And my God will supply all your needs according to the best job that you can do. Oh, no, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, but no, it continues. Watch, Pastor Paul again. Nope, that's wrong. The Apostle Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, his divine power has given us, oh, most things, some things, what? Everything, said all again, I love it, you're right. Everything required for life and godliness, stop. This scripture is, uh, if you ever complain of not having enough or not being enough or not knowing what to do, where to go, how to do it, what to do, all you need do is call up Pastor Peter and say, hey, what was that thing that you said? He, God, through divine power has given us everything required for life. That means life that we live, your life right now. You have, through his power, everything you need to live. Take it a step further, and he says, and godliness. That means what you need, what I need to live the way that God has designed you, has called you to live, he has provided to you through his power. As we sit here today, we have all we need. Now, I will admit, it hardly ever feels like that. We often, I mean, hey, if you're reading the book, you know it's a now and not yet type of deal. We know because of God's power is sufficient I actually don't even like that word. Lord, forgive me. I don't like that word because it makes it seem like it's just enough. It's sufficient. It covers the thing. I just, it's overflowing, people. We know that. So you know what? Uh, sorry, Lord. Okay. Everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. Who called who? Us. Me, you, I called us by his own glory and goodness. Somebody say amen. Go all the way to the beginning. Genesis chapter 22, Abraham takes, the Lord says, hey, you need to take your son. You need to take him up on this mountain and you need to give him to me. You need to sacrifice him. What does Abraham do? He gets up, what time of the day? 
early in the morning because he just wants to be obedient to what the Lord's calling him to do because as he marches up that mountain, he goes, my God won't require me to do that. But I don't think he will require me to do that, but I will go through the motion to do that. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket, right? His son's wrapped up tight, knife up, ready to go. So Abraham went and took the ram, offered it, caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Thank you, Lord. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. You know what's interesting in scripture is that you don't normally see things like, I hope the Lord shows up. Maybe he will be faithful. Sometimes he'll be there. Wait, maybe if you perform, that will happen. Very rarely, I'm not even gonna say that. That's not how our God is described. He's described exactly like that, will. That's why the people of God, when they put this on paper through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knew they could say the wills always, all, everything's, all the time, the nevers, right? Now, me and you hate it when people use those terms because you're like, well, that's not true. But you can actually say in scripture that yes, all, every time, all the time, because God is who he said he was. This morning, we're gonna explore the idea of provision. Provision. Now, provision on its own isn't necessarily a holy thing, though I would say there'd probably be a good argument to the contrary, but, right, it's just a word. It's just a word that describes an amount or thing supplied or provided, right? Provision. Every day we wake up and we interact with and are beneficiaries of provision. For the most part, our most essential needs are typically met without much effort on our own. We go about our days consuming provision, many times not even thinking about or acknowledging its source. As kids, we expect it and feel we deserve it. As adults, we hope to maintain it. And as Americans, some feel we are entitled to it. Provision comes in many forms, tangible or untangible, right? You have, you know, food, shelter, income, a job. You have grace, mercy, compassion. Have you ever been in a conversation? You walked away. They gave you so much grace. You walked away going, man, did I blast them? And they gave me grace. That was provision. You being a little too irresponsible with your gas and you went a lot farther than what your gas tank would allow is provision. That parking spot that you got, that might have been provision. That green light, well, that might have, well, no, that is Jesus. That, that's, that's full on Jesus there. That green light that stayed green, yeah, that's provision. You see, provision comes in many different ways. Oftentimes we think it's tangible. Oftentimes we think it's the income that I get or the, you know, the, 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 the tangible things. But provision is so much more than that. One of the most tangible things that all of us have understood together is what's happening here at Heart Church. Earlier in the year, we were given a nice kind letter. Hey, love you, but you need to leave, okay? 
Now, I, you know, I'm just making light of that, but it was a very, somebody bought the building, cool, they're making this into a medical plate. We need that in Escondido, amen, right? That's all good stuff, but they said, hey, um, we're gonna need that space and you need to find another place to go. If you know anything about Escondido, maybe yes or no, there's not a lot of places to go. We know, we had a church, we met on Saturday nights at another church because we, it's just hard to find space. Pastor Shane, man, I'm telling you. I mean, Heather would be able to tell you more than any of us that he, he was going after it to find any corner, any office, anything that he would be able to find to find the home to heart because God's doing something. Listen, the answer was, oh, that we're out. Okay, everyone. Gosh, it was such a good run. Praise God. No, that wasn't it because God was moving and doing something. There's things happening. So we know that God was going before us. Now, it's by the end of October, we need to be out. It was actually, that's the extension, right? We're actually out, supposed to be earlier in the year. But here's the deal. Pastor Shane went everywhere. He was looking for everything. And I mean, it wasn't until August, Somebody said, hey, Pastor Shane, you should go to the California Center for the Arts and check that out. He was like, no, that's too big of a, that's too big of a venue. It's too expensive. Like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. Okay. I mean, and that makes sense. When you think of the California Center for the Arts, you don't think of like, oh, that's an easy, cheap price tag, right? You don't think that. You're like, okay, that's going to, okay. All right. Well, months went by. Said it again, hey, why don't you go check out the California Center for the Arts? Now, mm, I may be exaggerating this a little bit, but I have a feeling, love you, Pastor Shane, but it was probably like, oh, fine, I'll go ask California Center for the Arts, right? And this is the thing that you need to know. This was nothing but God. I don't know that if you know the detail, Pastor Shane will give it at some time. And so, <laughs> provision, God's provision, divine provision. You and I right now are the recipients of God making a way. But how do we deal with that? 
You know, sometimes you have provision that is like hmm, expected. Oh man, we get, we get very, um, come, I mean, let's, let's be real with each other. God provides a lot of provision that we don't give him any acknowledgement for at all. Some of it, quite frankly, is some that we don't even know came from the Lord. We just are just assuming that things happen, like the green light, whatever the case. So when we know something is so blatant, God has said, that's yours and I'm making a way. Do we just go lollygagging into the divine provision? Do you walk into the Red Sea on dry ground going, yeah, that's what I expected, so he just better have. <laughs> or do you look at a California Center for the Arts and say, wow, Lord, you're incredible that you would allow me, that you would allow us to be a part of what you're doing. But let's take it down a level. See, we're all family here, right? That was weak. We're all family here, right? Okay, here we go. The Bible makes it very clear that we're all part of the body. So when Matt's over here, remembered his name this time, remember that? Okay, that's terrible. He had a cast on, right? He's limping around, which is, he's still limping, but he doesn't have a cast on right now, praise the Lord. What the Bible says is that when he's hurt, we're hurt, right? That's what the Bible says. Now, some of you are like, I don't even know Matt, didn't even know he was hurt. But anyway, okay. But the point is, on the flip side, when God starts moving in a family, it affects us all. We all get to be a part of it. Hmm. If we choose to. Hey, now listen, you could be up front and be like, dude, let's go after this. Oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't mean this, but you could be in the back and not want to be a part. I'm not saying to anybody in the back, okay? <laughs> but you get the idea. The idea is, hey, I want to be up and in it and get it, or we can, God's moving, but I'm good in the back. Now listen, does God have grace? Does God have mercy? Okay, he's gonna love the person in the back and he's gonna bring him to the front, right? Amen, that's gonna happen. But what I wanna tell us right now is that we are dealing with provision in our own personal life as much as we are corporately at the California Center for the Arts. But what does that look like? How do you and I engage provision when we're so used to it being, we're Americans, right? We're Americans, right? And we expect a certain level of things and stuff and the way to live life. Have we gotten a bit complacent on giving God enough glory on provision? You know, it's interesting because our needs are not always thought of as rising to the level of needing God's provision. You ever get there sometimes where it's like, you see a need, so what we think is I gotta work harder, I gotta work smarter, I gotta do it better so that the result will be provision and my need is taken care of, right? That's where we normally get. Now, if it's something like a California Center for the Arts, we have no problem saying, God, you need to provide. 
But is that how God is calling us to live every day? Just to, God, you take care of the big stuff. I got everything else. I can tell you right now, when we woke up this morning, guilty of it right now, I was, oh, jeez. Forgive me. I wasn't really relying on God for pretty much anything. Come on. I can do the stuff. I can get here. I can do the thing. I can put a thing together. Like pretty much, you know, I mean, I guess in this case, I didn't want to do the message in the first place. So <sighs> provision is a tricky thing because its presence, hear me, validates and confirms God's faithfulness. But its effectiveness, <laughs> ready? Its effectiveness is dependent on our trust in it. Do you think you've ever passed up provision before because it's not how you thought it would come? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. God's going to do a different thing. <laughs> this morning, I want to make two comparisons that will hopefully provide us with a better navigation of provision. The first is this, expectancy, not expectation. So according to scripture that we just went through, God will supply all our needs, right? Scripture also says that his power has given us everything to live this life and live it the way that God has designed us to live it. Amen? So if that's true, go on the journey with me. If that's true, and you indeed believe the words that are in Scripture, if that is true, and I feel a need right now, what does that mean? If Scripture is true, why would I feel a need right now? There might be several reasons. I've thought of three. Number one, it might be a not yet situation, right? You're in need. You need to wait on the Lord to provide the thing, right? Okay, get it. Other one may be, we actually may not be in need at all. We may very well be planted in the I want. The third is interesting because we have decided to put God in a box and thus, our expectation is, is that he will only act and answer within the confines of that box. So our expectation is, you need to show up right here, right there at this time, because that's how you did it last time. Now, there is some truth in the fact that God is faithful, right? Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is an expectation that God is going to do something, but the problem is that what we, we do many times is that we have an expectation that we're not willing to go out of. The box is now limited. See, 
The difference between expectancy and expectation, expectation is waiting for God to move in a specific way at a specific time. And when he doesn't, we think he didn't move at all. Expectancy? Expectancy is knowing God will move and setting your heart, position your spirit to see God move in any circumstance, at any time, in any environment. So when we go about our life and we're like, God, you need to show up. Sometimes he has shown up, but it's not where you're looking because you're like, this is how the prescription of you're supposed to work and this is exactly what I need and it's over here. I'm only gonna look here and until you show up, I'm not gonna look around and then he doesn't. I lose hope. Now I'm disappointed. Now I don't think God sees me. Now I don't think God loves me because I'm staring at this one spot when God's over here going, this was then, this is now. I mean, how do you do that practically? Right? You need wisdom from the Lord to see what God's doing. Right? We need a trust in our heart that says, you do all everything all the time. Right? <clears throat> Pastor Shane has said this multiple times. I'm going to reiterate it. God is moving at Heart Church. If you don't know that, welcome to the family. We're going somewhere. Hitch, hitch along the ride. We're going somewhere. <clears throat> if we leave here, when we leave here, and if we walk onto that campus with the expectation that he's going to do it the way he did it here, we're going to miss it all. Because what we're doing is, oh, now is this good? Yes. Is this great? Yes. But he's got more people to reach. And he wants to do it through this, through us, through this church. If we go there, and we're like, we're going to keep it like this. <clears throat> okay, God, do your wonder in here. Make this happen. And it's not like, it's not, it's not like we're going over there and be like, we're going to handcuff you, Lord. We're not going to let you. That's not it. It is a default because we like to be comfortable. It's a default because we want to know what to expect. It's scary to walk into the unknown knowing that like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But what if we came in with eyes of expectancy going, okay, Lord, let's do this. I have no idea how you're going to do it because it seems really scary to me, but I'm excited to be a part of it. And then as, as, see, when our hearts are aligned to want to see God move, he moves and then he gives us the eyes to see it, right? And so as we walk into the California Center for the Arts with expectancy. Oh, watch how God moves. But look at your own life. What if we were to wake up tomorrow with eyes of expectancy to see God to move, not just where I expect him to move. Now listen, 
There are certain times when the Lord gives you a very firm level of faith on something very specific for a specific time and that thing will grow your faith. And you better stand on that because that's what the Lord gave you. Many times though, we default to, please do it this way so that I don't miss it and everything like that. Now, God has grace and he'll figure it out. But what if in our life, we begin to see the provision of the Lord raise up? Can I tell you, somebody said something, honey, what was that? What was that? That uh, quote that you said, it was gratitude, what? There's something about giving gratitude to the things that God are doing in your life that makes everything else crumble. The things that you feel like are walls against you and things that you can't overcome, that relationship at work, this conversation you had, this thing, this other thing, all of a sudden when we begin to Thank God, because we begin to see what God is doing, right? You see his provision and we see it and we go, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Then all of a sudden, all of the other things, you're like, gosh, things really don't matter because, wow, God is doing something in my life right now. And look, all has he, look, like all he has provided. Why will he not provide again in the areas of our life? Amen. Second thing. Faith, not fear. Who's good at fearing? You guys are a bunch of liars. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we all know it. I'm big, I'm tough. <laughs> Why do we believe what the scripture says? Somebody, it's not a wrong answer, just tell me. Why do we believe what scripture says? Somebody? Okay. That word's true, right? Based on what? Okay. Anybody else? Based on what? Why do we sit here and say that sentence is true? Everything, all the time, always, for everything. Why? Faith. Faith. Well, you see, <laughs> okay, yes. That is true. <laughs> There's a difference between faith that he can and faith that he will. Right? Isn't it safe to be in the he can? Hey, come on. Let's, let's, let's just have this little secret time together. Has it, oh, this is terrible. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Has everybody, anybody ever been praying for somebody's healing? Ready? And you're afraid to say, declare the healing because you don't want to be wrong. Because you know he can, but will he this time? See, Moses Anybody ever seen the Prince of Egypt animated, animated movie, right? I'm telling you, that's the, that is the best representation. It's totally not necessarily biblical, but anyway, awesome. So Moses <clears throat> takes millions of people out of Egypt to go on a hike. Let's do this. Lord spoke to Moses. Moses said, okay, Aaron, you and me, buddy, let's do this. Here we go. God's doing it. Tell your people, just pick up what you can carry. Let's do this. 
And then you get to the Red Sea. Now, given there is the pillar of the cloud, there is the fire. So there is some assurance that God's here and God's moving. So there is some assurance there. However, that is a big body of water. This is what I thought was interesting. Look at this scripture. Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Now, do you know when Moses said that? He had no idea what God was going to do. He was sitting at the shore of the Red Sea with the water lapping on his feet, looking at this, turning around, seeing a gajillion people. They're all freaking out like, dude, this was cool a little bit ago, but now it's scary because Pharaoh's ticked off. Now he's coming after us. Now what are we going to do, bro? Right? Moses turns and says, don't be afraid. Stand firm. The only thing the Lord has told, geez, look at this. The only thing the Lord has told him at this point is that, hey, Moses, take him out. Oh, and by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Pharaoh, I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's heart so they come after you, okay? Okay. Hey, Aaron, can you deliver this to the, can you deliver the message to the people? Don't be afraid, stand firm and see. Why is this important? Many times you and I want something tangible so that we can put our faith on top of that so that we know. It's how we secure our faith, right? We want to say we have blind faith. We want to say that. Blind faith, you know, what, just whatever it is, Lord. But many times we want to have some substance so I feel like this faith is worth it. Nah, you don't have to make any noise. I know it's true. Moses? had no idea how God was going to deliver them. All he knew is that he would. And so what he tells his people is, this is what you need to do. Stand firm. And he's saying, stand firm in what you know. Stand firm in what you know and see. Many times, how we defeat fear with faith is we stand firm. Does that mean in the firmness of your standing that you won't fear? No. You know how many times it says, don't be afraid in the Bible? Anybody read it in the book? It's like over 300 times. It's the one statement in scripture above anything. Why do they say it? Because we all fear a lot. That's the reality. We default to fear, right? We're made out of dust. It's embarrassing, right? <laughs> I mean, we really got nothing to offer. And so fear is a very comfortable place to be because sometimes it, you know, kind of gets you out of trouble. But when it comes to spiritual things, oh man, we got big daddy behind us. Now see, I don't know about you, but if there was a pillar of fire, I guess I'd be more receptive to stand firm. But maybe you and I do have a pillar of fire. Now, we didn't have the luxury of seeing it like they do. 
But the spiritual dominion of this world sees that pillar of fire. When we stand firm, (laughs) because of the God that we know, I don't know how you're gonna do it, Lord. And can I, let's take it a step further. I don't know how you're gonna do it. Hmm. I don't even know if you will do it. But I'm okay with it either way. Because I have faith that if you don't deliver me in this, or you don't come up with a need that I think I need, you love me enough and you have a better sight than I do to see what's best for me. One of the greatest displays of divine provision was recorded in Exodus just after they went across the Red Sea. Bummer for the you know, Egyptian army, bummer, but you know, they went off. The Israelites, they kept walking. They started complaining about water. Water came up, started complaining about food. And Moses is like, Lord, like, these people are gonna stone me if I don't figure this thing out. And he says, watch me work. The next morning, manna came down from heaven. Quail at night for 40 years, that's how they ate. That was their provision. You know what's interesting about that? God provided this amazing divine showing of his mercy and grace and provision for his people, but you didn't have to take it if you didn't want it. Every morning, you had to be intentional No. (laughs) You had to be in, okay, intentional. There it is. You had to be intentional. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We'll change it. You had to walk out of camp with intention (laughs) to go get your provision. You could see the provision falling to the ground. You could see the quail come in and just drop dead on the ground. I don't know if that's how it happened, but you know. But unless you engaged what God was doing in that moment, you missed it. Nah, I don't want quail today. I'll look for something else. Nah, I don't want manna. I'm tired of that. Isn't it also interesting that even... The provision, this is why faith is important in provision. You need to do it God's way. See, you weren't able to get out in the manna and be like, yeah, this is all for me, baby. Yeah, no, 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 no. Lord was like, no, take this portion. On the sixth day, get a double portion and everything you need will be supplied for you. That's all you need. But Lord, I'm hungry, man. I, oh, you don't know, I'm starving. What's interesting is, okay, you're hungry. You got the thing. I need more than you're giving me right now, Lord. So you take, you take, oh, this is for me. But then what you find out the next morning is that it's rotting. Is it, is it interesting that maybe in our life, when we try to figure out our own provision, we try to do it our own way. We try to do it our own stuff that later in life, it actually starts to stink. It actually starts to rot because we thought we knew better. I want it my way, my will. See, in every 
moment of provision, there is an opportunity for us to be obedient. There's an opportunity for us to be faithful. What is that for you? What need do you have in your life right now that maybe you're trying to figure out on your own? Listen, there are parts of provision that we are a responsible for, right? If you have a job God clearly provided you, then get there at the right time. Do a great job. The Lord's very clear in his word that says, work as if you're working for me. The guy or the girl that you got to work for, different message. You know, right? I mean, come on. You know, sometimes also the provision doesn't come in a complete solution. Sometimes it's just sufficient for the moment. My wife said this great quote, we're always looking for the period. We're not really happy with the semicolon. When my need is there, I want it all so that I can see the completion of my need and be period and done with it. And God's like, we're in a dot, dot, dot relationship right now because I'm taking you somewhere. And many times if we knew where he was taking us, we'd say no anyway, right? I know, I don't know about you, but the last six months of my life had God shown me What's the six months ahead we're going to look like? I would have avoided that like the plague. Though we had COVID. So I couldn't avoid it. It's supposed to be funnier. It wasn't. Okay, moving on. Be done, Mike. Here we go. The supply of our provision is not our part. Apprehending it and engaging the provision is. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know where you need God to show up. But I do know that he will. And listen, if you need to hook on somebody else's faith, that's what family's for. That's why you're in a life group and you share, I have this need. I don't know how God's going to do it. But your family know. Your family has faith for that. I was reading, I'm coming to an end, so don't get scared. I was thinking of how to wrap up something that I didn't want to do. And I came across this scripture that really uh, ministered to me because sometimes I want to know why God is doing something it's just my personality. It's like, Lord, I feel, and this is not necessarily a good thing or a right thing. It's just sometimes I feel like if I know why, right? If you know the why of something, then you're more apt to get on board with it, right? And I came across this verse <clears throat> because if the scripture we read was true, and I'm having such a hard time with that, I'm actually convicted in that because if I truly believe what the Lord said, why do I ever fret? Why do I ever worry? Why? It's like, if it's not, if it's not completed now, then I, listen, don't we want it God's way? I mean, if we had to choose, we would all choose. Oh no, Lord, you do it. Your, don't do it my way. I'll do it your way. But yet 
time and time again, we're like, Lord, show up quicker and better. <laughs> like, get there faster, right? But then that, it just, it just puts a heaviness on my heart, like, then I must not believe that. I must not believe that it's all. I must not believe that it's everything. I must not believe that he has my best for me. When it really comes down to it, I can preach it to you all day long, right? This is easy to preach. Oh, much harder to live out. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I thought this was such an interesting verse. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, here's the why. Here is the why. And, this, it, it, and, and maybe this is not a blessing to you. It's a blessing to me. So come along the journey. That you may excel in every good work. Do you know why he wants to provide for you? Do you know why he wants to provide for you in the way that he wants to provide to you for you? Is so that you will have everything you need so that your good work excels for his glory. Gosh, that that's that's amazing to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we stand together? I know we always change it up, Pastor Shane. I always like making things different. Keep you on your feet. All right, let's sit down. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I want to encourage someone. Um, hmm. I don't know who it is, but someone needs to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. This is what I want to say. Um, uh, say yes in your heart right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, just a, a sense that I got as we stood up that somebody... Hmm. Hmm. Come on, Lord. Father, thank you for today. Oh, Lord, thank you for today. Holy Spirit, do your work, Lord. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. Come on. Oh, settle hearts, Father. Oh, Lord. Oh, pierce the darkness, Lord. Pierce the darkness, Lord. May your light shine upon us, Lord. Oh, break down, Lord, anything that is hindering us from saying yes to you. Holy Lord. Holy Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you praise this morning. Thank you for these moments. Thank you for your faithfulness to come, to touch us, to minister to us, Lord, to see us, Lord, each of us, 
on our own. It's like, it's like we're here by, our, by ourselves. It's just you and us. Thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, I pray that the words from your living word would plant into our hearts. Lord, may you minister to the depths of our spirit to know who you are and to know who we are to you. Lord, continue to be with our family in Israel, Lord, as they experience your holy land, as they come back and give us all the wonder of that place. Lord, would you go before us this week? Would you open our eyes to see you working so that we can say thank you? Lord, would you give us the faith not only to see your provision, but to operate in it how you would want us to? Draw us in to your inner circle, Lord. We give you praise tonight. Gosh, darn it, this morning. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.